welcome to the nerd party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop. Punch it. Punch that shit. Let's punch it. Hello, everybody home, and welcome. This is Punch It! Writing in Star Trek. I am your co-host, Tristan Riddell, and with me, as always, is... Charlene Schmidt. Charlene, today, man, we made a promise, and we are going to make good on that promise, because today, we are talking about what if... What if... Which is one of my favorite phrases in the English language. What if <laughs> Tasha Yar survived... What would she look like? What would she sound like? What would her character arc be? What kind of writing would it be throughout the year of the throughout the seasons of the show? What and also what would happen to Worf? And uh, this is something that we came up with on the spot last week, and uh, it was kind of a, a moment of inspiration where we we're just like, "Oh, holy crap! We should totally do that!" <laughs> yeah, it kind of hooked us, and we realized, okay. That's what we're doing next week. We, let's get this out of our system right now while it's hot in our brains. But before we get into that, we do have some network business that we need to talk about. And no, it's not um, telling everybody that they should go give us a review to possibly win a Star Trek Discovery book, even though you should do that. You should you, go. Yeah. and You should totally do that. You don't have a whole lot left or you don't have a whole lot of time left. Go to iTunes, write us a review, give us a rating. You'll be entered into a contest uh, for your chance to win a Star Trek Discovery novel, uh, Drastic Measures, and it's uh, it's a good time. But the network business is actually a little bit more on a somber note. No, it's very much is on a, on a somber note. Uh, yeah. We, I'll, I'll just be be blunt about it. Uh, we got hit with a legal claim. Uh, the network itself got hit with a legal claim, and we cannot we we can't go into specifics. Uh, about uh, what is going on all we can tell you is that we need your help we we need your help to fight this and we are going to fight this and we, we are fighting this yes and <laughs> it kind of came as a bit of a surprise too it came as a huge shock and the amount that they're asking for is less than what it would be to go to court and that's a very strategic move on their point uh, on their part and we don't have business insurance or anything like that and that's kind of the problem that we're in is like we're just a bunch of of nerds you know like talking about nerdy things and so what we're hoping for is that our loyal and loving listeners who have supported us for years i mean supported you and i specifically for <laughs> almost seven years now via podcast because yeah. a lot of people followed us over from to the journey uh we're starting a gofundme so if you go to gofundme.com slash the nerd party, you'll see the amount that we're trying to raise. It's $8,000, $8,100. It may, it may sound like a lot because it is, um, but we need that in order to help fight this legal battle and help fight against legal uh, predatory legal practices like this one. And it's, you know, it just sucks because we're just doing our thing and this comes out of nowhere and we don't want to go to court. And so we're trying to, uh, we're, trying to do different things we're trying to you know like fight this in the way in the only way that we know how and in order to do that is we need to rely on listenership because another bit of honesty is that money that we're asking for if if we can't raise that online through our listeners and through supporters and friends and family and everything like that i personally tristan riddell uh will have to pay for that it'll come out of my personal finances so that's over 8k that i'll have to to drop on a check and 
That's a, a nice, sizable amount of money that I imagine you just have laying around for, <laughs> oh, you know, just, just for some random thing, of course. Oh, right? yeah. I I walk around uh, with that in my wallet at all times because you never know what kind of Star Trek merch you're going to need to buy at any month. Like, I may oh, well, need to buy... You know. That's an entirely different thing. That's called a convention. <laughs> well, speaking of which, I know a lot of this is convention season for people. And uh, as nerds, we buy a lot of stuff. We buy a lot of media and action figures and, and photo ops and signatures and everything like that. And so we're kind of asking you guys, if you could just, I know that not everybody can donate, but if you can, if you can give, if instead of you know buying that action figure or going to that movie that midnight showing or buying that photo op or that signature just one just one signature one photo op something like that if you could maybe consider giving that to us uh so that you can help us as a podcast as a blog as social media accounts and everything like that because the danger the dangerous part of this is not just you know financial for us but if we get hit like this in the way that we were, everybody's open to it. If you host, if right. you host a podcast, if you run a website, a blog, a web a website with patrons, or even sell uh, merchandise, a non copyrighted merchandise in a store, this could happen to you. And so we're trying to we're trying to help with that. And so again, that's GoFundMe.com slash the Nerd Party. GoFundMe.com slash the Nerd Party. Check it out. There's a video of me talking about it. And uh, it's transcribed in case you can't watch the video, and or listen in. And uh, it's uh, and also if you if you do support, uh, if you can, please use the hashtag TNP Fight on social media to help spread the word. Uh, you'll be able to find um, these links on our Twitter page and our Facebook page. They'll be pinned to the top on both of them um, by the time that this recording is out. And uh, honestly, Shar, you and I are very appreciative, and the whole network is appreciative of what you guys can do. And we know that we have some of the best listeners over the past almost decade. <laughs> well, okay, when you put it that way, I feel so old. But yeah, we've been doing this for a long time. We've had people listen to us for countless hours in their car and their earbuds, what have you. Every little bit helps. If you love us, please, please, please help. And if you can't support financially, sharing on social media also helps. Spread the word. And then together we can fight. All right, so moving on, moving on to non-somber stuff and, and fun stuff, like a what-if scenario of what if Tasha Yar didn't die? You know, I remember yeah. years ago, we did an episode on To The Journey, speaking of To The Journey, where we we did a what-if scenario of what if Catherine Janeway died in like season three or four or something like that. And people yes, we did. read the headlines without actually listening to the episode. Oh, and they the got backlash. So, they got so bent out of shape saying like, like oh, you guys, know, Catherine, Catherine guys. Janeway doesn't deserve this. This is just more Janeway hating. Have you ever actually listened to the show? Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it was that very knee-jerk Facebook reaction. Oh, how dare you when they hadn't listened to a single second of the episode, which really I think was a great episode it was a nice exploration it was purely a what if we did not want Janeway to die nor would we ever uh and so I guess now with this one we're doing the opposite what if she had lived it's, it's more, more uplifting fun, yeah. so maybe the knee-jerk reaction on this is probably oh I don't know I mean the internet is the internet people are going why did you do that that's so stupid we all know that she died yes we know this is a what if keep listening let's just hang Let's, with us for a little bit longer. Maybe we can rein you in. Absolutely. So with <laughs> Tashi Yar, you know, we all know that she died in Skin of Evil. And it was a, 
it was an odd thing because the um, Denise Crosby, the actress, wanted to wanted to die. She wanted to leave the show uh, because she yeah. felt like her character wasn't getting enough attention. Well, this was a, a surefire way to make sure that you got no attention uh, <laughs> by asking. <laughs> if you're to die. dead. <laughs> Well, and the weird thing, though, is, is that she did come back for various mm-hmm. things over the years. Uh, I, and, and actually, I don't know if this maybe did her character in good stead or if she had stayed on, you know, she probably would have had better paychecks over the years. But, uh, you know, things went out the way that they did. And she still has quite a legacy as a piece of TNG. However... Had she stayed aboard, I do think a lot of things would have changed. And that's what I'm so excited to explore with you today, right now. I, I'm excited, too, because as I mentioned in my previous episode, is that like Tasha Yar was always a family favorite growing up. Everybody loved Tasha. If there was any kind of merchandise around Tasha Yar, we would we would try to get it as, as, as soon as possible. And it was very rare. Like it, I, actually went I was going to gonna uh, say, how much uh, was there? I actually have a Tasha Yar action figure still in the, in the case, still in the box, nice. from 1987. And it's a pride and joy of mine. I love it. Um, but it's so with with Tasha. So we got to I think we got to try to divorce ourselves from the outside world of saying like, oh, well, Denise Crosby wanted to go and she wasn't getting enough attention. So we're going to be talking about like what most likely would happen, but also what we want to happen. OK, so we can differentiate between the two because let's start out with just the real life scenario if Denise Crosby had not left the show it's very likely that somebody like Marina Sirtis or Michael Dorn might have eventually left the show because they were all kind of fiercely competing for space they all knew that they weren't getting enough they their characters were not living up to their potential they weren't getting much screen time personally my prediction would have been if Denise Crosby hadn't asked to leave that eventually Marina Sirtis would have left what do you think about that? I I I think that's I think that's very likely but the first thing that popped into my head was that if Denise Crosby didn't leave that we wouldn't have I don't think um Gates McFadden would have returned. Mm. Okay, what makes you think that? I don't think she would have been asked to come back. I know that Jean-Luc Picard, not Jean-Luc, uh, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I know that um I know that Patrick Stewart was a big reason why uh, Gates McFadden came back like he went out to her and said we need you to come back we need your kind of influence so, you know like we need your character we need your presence everything like that and and I I don't know all of the all of the story but she like I don't I, whatever amends could be made she made them and then came back um, yes but she actually goes into some detail about this in a recent interview she did with Mission Log nice so go back and listen to that if you haven't that was a great interview she's very candid and honest and especially about that whole thing about her leaving and her coming back i just feel like from a production standpoint now i'm not saying this is what should have happened i'm just saying that this is a a, a possibility that from a production standpoint they're like okay well this whole new doctor thing's not really working out and you know like she's not going to stay forever and but we you know we have the the right amount of female presence now and we kind of like this and so we don't need we don't we don't need beverly as a character to come back because we have tashiar we have deanna troy and uh we can rotate out another doctor if we needed to or just like make it like the engineer where there is no engineer there's just somebody different every single week so pulaski gone nevertheless because that didn't quite work i see that as a great opportunity for nurse or gala to step it up 
oh that would have been that would have been great but i'm just saying that like but i think actually that's probably that's probably pretty accurate that nurse ogawa would 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 uh would rise up but she still wouldn't be a main character i don't think that she would be right it's just like with the chief engineer in the first season wasn't a main character so we have kind of like this rotating cmo but nurse ogawa would be the more constant presence maybe in sick yes that could have been interesting but the name wouldn't be in the opening credits i don't think and i think it's just because of backwards 1980 um production thinking where it's just like two women is enough Right. I mean, for as many steps as they've taken forward, there's still so many more to to go. Yeah. Let, let's kind of. I think we can kind of freeform a little bit where we can say like, okay, well, maybe this person wouldn't be here. But I think the main person we need to focus on is Tasha as we develop moving forward. And just really, yes. Worf as a as a side note. And I think the only reason why we're focusing on Worf and not some other people, like you know Pulaski or Crusher or Sirtis or anything like that, is because Worf was directly um directly benefited from her passing well right because ultimately he's the one who stepped up and became chief of security so that alone right there but let's discuss that we have tasha yar still there she's still the chief of security Worf is her subordinate does this mean that maybe these two there's certainly the opportunity for them to develop a deeper friendship is that something you would have wanted uh i think ooh. Man, I hadn't really thought of that, but that's. Uh, yeah? I think there's. Uh, I think that's very much something that could happen because, it's yeah. I would <laughs> see. That's the that's the kind of thing where this would be from season one. You could start a friendship, uh, like f- start a camaraderie. We're just like you know, like my my uh, brother in arms. You know, warrior sentimentality. We serve together, and then maybe it kind of it grows from there to a friendship, a real friendship. And we could see a legit, and I'm not saying it has to happen, but we could see uh, a romance instead of that crap one that we got with Worf and Deanna at the very last moment. (laughs) I definitely agree that Worf and Deanna never should have gotten together. Toward the end of the series, let's say season six or seven, maybe a romantic relationship between Worf and Yar would have been interesting. But I want to see them develop a really deep and complex friendship first and take their time with that and of course they're working together a lot too Mm -hmm. and so I almost envision this kind of like maybe not quite as a buddy cop kind of a thing but they know that they have each other's backs they are solidifying themselves in this early in these year in these earlier years as a really strong good team I, that's the thing, absolutely. Like, if for some reason some romantic relationship did develop, I wouldn't want to see it until the very end because we had that foundation, unlike the one with Worf and Deanna, where it just came out of nowhere, a yeah, la no. Chakotay and Seven. I mean, but, I know arcs were not the most common thing with episodic storytelling, but wouldn't it have been cool to possibly see the two fall in love? And could you imagine us shipping this so hard? Because long before, if the writers were to take this plunge, long before it would actually happen, we'd be saying, okay, now kiss, kiss, let's go, if we're into it. So, I mean, if they could have done that, if they would have gone that route, that would have been really, really interesting. Also, I do think that Tasha Yar would have been a good, suitable mate for Worf. I think so too, and I, I don't. I think that data thing would have just been a fling, and it would have been fine, and there wouldn't have been anything more that came of it because that it might was, have been awkward I mean, when when Worf finds out about that. 
yeah, see, that would make great storytelling if, if he found out about that. And he got like, but think of it like, be, because I, I think the most fascinating part would be pre-romance. And because oh, yeah. it, it would be is. a lot like Janeway and Chakotay, where for I like I could just see a moment where like you know where Ch- uh, where Chakotay is is thinking about Q and he's like I know I have no right to be jealous but this makes me feel you know horrible. I could see Worf struggle with that because he respects Data so much, and, right? And maybe you know, he's could... in the holodeck or something, just beating the bejesus out of a punching bag or something, trying to vent out frustration. Somebody walks into the holodeck because they always do. There's no such thing as privacy. And I don't know, maybe it's Jordy and he's like, what's got you all riled up? I think that would have been a great signifier as to Worf is developing feelings, like to the audience. That's us saying like, oh, he likes her more than just a comrade, more than just a a fellow officer. Like he, he wants something more. Yeah, that might very well be the turning point where it occurs to him. He's finally aware. Oh, she's... We're not just working together. I'm into this. So, but okay. So, how does Tasha feel about this, though? We're talking a lot about Worf, but how does Tasha feel about this? Does she want to be involved with the first Klingon in Starfleet? Does she want to be involved with a subordinate? Does she want to? Um, right? Does she feel like it would hurt her ability to command? Uh, does she want to be? Does she want to not involve herself with anybody so she can focus on her work? But I feel like. When she was off the bridge, I feel like Tasha was a very different person. I felt like Tasha was kind of kind of flirty and fun-loving and, you know, but on the bridge, she was just like, ah, screamy. And this brings up think? a possibility. If we don't hypothetically have Gates McFadden on the show, because I'm thinking Troy and Beverly were kind of each other's confidant, right? Mm-hmm. Without that, in can step Tasha. And maybe she and Deanna have that kind of a friendship where they they're talking about boys relationships they're getting into their uh, really weird exercise leotards and they're stretching Mm -hmm. out that sort of thing and maybe troy is helping her work through her questions her feelings i have a feeling in in terms of a romance tasha's not going to be interested for a good while Mm -hmm. she's got to figure herself out first and i think with an evolution over seven years, you can watch her go from being that really in-your-face and aggressive personality that we see in the beginning that we talked about last week to smoothing that out a little bit, you know, feeling like she can stand tall on her own two feet. She's the chief of security on the flagship of the fleet. She's doing well in her job. She feels good about her job. She's starting to feel good about herself. And then maybe she can start thinking about letting somebody else in, but it's going to take a while for her. So I think Worf is going to develop those feelings first, but she's the one who's going to raise all the questions. Mm-hmm. Like, do I want to do this? Is it okay to fall in love with a subordinate? Or, or is it really just better to maintain this as a friendship? Can we work together and maintain a romance at the same time? They're going to have to go through all of those ethical questions. I could see what, what I could really see that I would, uh, that I would love is because, you know, at the beginning... You know, as we all know, and what we've discussed, Worf was not a part of um, the security detail. Uh, he was actually, we don't even really know exactly what he did or, or, or does before this. Because if you go on uh, Wikipedia, on Memory Alpha, all it says is he was assigned as a command division bridge officer. That's all it says, a command division bridge officer. <laughs> so, you know, like, was he the subordinate under Tasha? Was he not? We're not quite sure. But I could see him transferring I, I, what I'd love to see is I'd love to see Worf transferring to security to, you know, 
because that's where he should be, but also to get closer to Tasha. And then we see him transfer out when uh, she, when she, when they talk about how they can't be together. Maybe that's a sacrifice that he makes. He's like, maybe, maybe this is what pushes him instead of to Deep Space Nine to go back to command. Ooh, now one thing that War- one strength that Worf has is he's a good tactician. So mm-hmm. even though he was working security, maybe that is the sacrifice he makes is going to something related like tactical but he's not in quite the same department. They have to work together a lot still, mm-hmm. but she's no longer his supervisor. I could see that happening. Yeah, and maybe she's the one that pushes him towards it. Maybe she's the champion, like she's his cheerleader who says like, you can do this. And then also the bonus is boom. But I also think, yeah, Worf is making that decision on his own as a kind of a little act of sacrifice yeah. because that very clearly states his intentions with Tasha. And yeah, we don't see this until much later on. And that was like where, oh, we, yeah. where we thought about it, you know, with him, you know, going crazy with the data news. That was our, that was our question. This is our answer. This is our yeah. you know, reaffirm. Love it. Yeah. You let a few episodes percolate just a little bit, make us wonder if this was going to work out or not. And then decision time comes and we know exactly where it's headed pretty much from that point forward. Well, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the friendship. You brought it up a little bit. Let's talk about the friendship between uh, Deanna and Tasha. How would that go? As much as I kind of hate the aspect that Troy can be so girly, um, this isn't an entirely bad thing, right? So, it, I think it might actually be beneficial for Tasha a little bit too, because she does have a feminine side, but she doesn't, you know, look the part. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I kind of see them as a nice counterbalance to one another where maybe Tasha is uh, maybe helping Deanna like, okay, get your mind off of the guy of the week a little bit (laughs) (laughs) and think about something else. But meanwhile, Troy is saying, well, get in touch with this side of yourself. It's okay. Because I I do think Tasha is going to fight this pretty hardcore for a good while. I always, I'm kind of, I go back and forth on this because when we, in the episode The Naked Now, when Tasha actually slept with Data, she, I know that everybody was under the influence, but it's all about like letting your inhibitions free. And so we, like that piece of themselves was always there. And so with her, like in, in 1987 and with this, with this episode, they portrayed her as super sexy, like super sexy dress super sexy navel and you know just like (laughs) you know like extreme hairstyle and she was just totally coming on to data now again i know she was under the influence but that part is inside her i would love to see troy make it her mission to bring that person out of her shell and get that person to come out and be sexy kind of like what uh jadzia tried to do with kira Ooh, okay yes that could be a very good dynamic that's what I would love to see. And so where Tasha, uh, you know, she resists it, of course, but she ultimately uh, kind of gives in and embraces her her sexual side and her and lets, gets free of a few inhibitions. I like that. And then to counter that, though, maybe Tasha's the one who's pushing Troy to maybe be a little more career focused, push her toward that getting that command track and that sort of thing. Put on a uniform for crying out loud. That's that such a good of, idea. Wouldn't that be great? Because then they're they're really helping each other. 
based on a really solid friendship. Yeah, I see this working really well. That I love that. Out of everything that we've talked about so far, that's probably the best idea where she like, yeah, like just she helps Dana get into the uniform, get out. Like maybe she even says like, you look like an intergalactic cheerleader. Do you do that on purpose? You know, no <laughs> one's going to take you seriously. Tough talking and, Tasha's going to lay it straight. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, when that moment happens, you know, when she's uh, on the bridge and it's there's a catastrophic failure. Uh, all across they think that everybody else may be dead and so she's in command because she's a lieutenant commander maybe we have a wrap-up after that episode and tasha's the one that says like you should you should take your your exams instead of going to Riker. she goes to tasha i love it i love it i love it i love it and you know what else i would have loved is after the episode disaster where she has to assume command Mm -hmm. and has to make some very tough decisions that's when she puts on the uniform forget jellico that's that's ultimately oh, what makes time. her say, hey, okay. you know what? Now that I've gotten my feet wet, I'm in it. Well, that is that was the disaster was the reason why she took the exams. Right. But, but you're talking about that's the first time you want to see her in the uniform, not Jellico. You want to see her in the uniform. Make a hard okay. turn. Yeah. Okay. No After preview. that, that that the whole experience really changed her. And we okay. have Tasha then to thank for kind of pushing her in that direction just in general. Absolutely. And then they can kind of help each other, you know, keep keep going on that path, push each other a little bit. I would love to see them push each other. Not be contentious, but really just really make them think. Consider things they wouldn't consider on their own. Now, Picard. Picard, Picard. has a unique relationship with every single one of his his bridge crew. It's it's different, it's individualistic. And we only got a sneak peek of it during Hide and Q, where Tasha Yar, I didn't really like that, but like Tasha Yar was in tears, like she was breaking down. I hated that. Uh, <laughs> and like Picard came and consoled her. And that was a very un Picard like thing to do because in the first season, Picard was very much a, you know, stiff upper lip, stick up his butt. And, uh, but he let her, you know, he said, it's okay. You know, it's okay to feel this way. It's okay to cry, you know, and everything like that. And so I feel like that would have started something that would have started in, don't take this the wrong way, but it would have started an intimate relationship, an intimate friendship that maybe otherwise wouldn't have been possible with a Worf Picard situation. Because with Worf and Picard, it was very much, um, is very much, he is my captain, and I'll follow him to the, you know, through the gates of Stovokor. Yes. Uh, but with Yar, I would have loved to have seen, and I'm not saying this just because she's a woman, it's just because of how I view Tasha. Uh, I would have loved to have seen her protect Picard in a very, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, a baseline way. Like, this is in her bones. It's not just because he's my captain. It's because he's my captain. I protect him at all costs, even if it means maiming myself or dying myself. I would love to have seen how she reacted to best of both worlds. How does she take it personally? Ooh, 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 that could be, yeah, man, that could be a nervous breakdown, to be honest. I I would, yeah, I would have loved to seen her just an absolute wreck. Now, we saw Worf get a little bit emotional, just like one little line where he's like, he is a Borg, like he was about to cry or something. But I would have loved to have seen, I'm going to take your words, have almost a nervous breakdown because she took it as not only as a career slight, but as a as a friendship slight, because her captain was taken off of her bridge 
under her watch. And yeah. she's not going to rest until she gets him back. She feels responsible. She failed him, mm-hmm. which is maybe one of the worst things she could possibly do. Oh, I, oh, I like that. Yeah. Have a massive breakdown, withdrawn in her quarters. Deanna has to come by, have a really serious counseling session. I'm going to actually, I'm going to, uh, even though it should be Troy, because you're right, it should be Troy because she's the counselor. I would love to see Riker come in and tell her mm. what's what. I would love to see the acting m- happen. You need to you need step to up and do up, your duty. Like, like, listen, you know, like if I can get over this and do my job, so can you. You know, like he was like a father to me. He was like a father to us all. And I need you to set aside this. I need you to remove it, put it in a box so that we can get the job done. Ooh, okay. That could be a very good conversation because the way I'm envisioning in my mind, the relationship Picard and uh, Tasha have it is, it's not quite father-daughter, but she really looks up to him mm-hmm. for guidance. So that would make a lot of sense. And maybe that gives them something to connect with because Riker feels very much the same way about Picard. And maybe yeah. they did not know that about each other. I mean, it was uh, there in plain sight, but having that conversation could really bond the two together. Then she can pick herself up from the bootstraps and say, okay, I'm here. You need me, I'm here. Let's go. Let's get him back. I like that. I think I would go even further. You said that like not quite father-daughter. I would totally embrace the whole father-daughter thing because she, you know, she had a horrible childhood and she had no one to look up to and like she was constantly trying to get away from violence. I would, and like then there's this man who is, you know, a leader and is a diplomat and great at what he does and is a calming force for her. I want to see a father-daughter relationship because... With Riker, I would love to, like, because where with Picard, she has a surrogate father. I would love to see with Riker, she has a surrogate brother. Hmm. In a way, that is really appealing. And at the same time, I shied away from going that far because so many daddy issues among <laughs> Star Trek characters already. It's true. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But this is in the 80s, so... It's we would be the progenitors of the daddy issues in search of characters. <laughs> oh, great, great. Let's start the trope. Why not? We, yeah, we would set the trend is what we would be doing. All right. Fantastic. I think so. So, okay. So, uh, we, you know, that's we kind of established a relationship with Picard and Riker and, and Deanna and definitely Worf. Now, how do we deal with Data? Well, I think they keep things pretty professional. Um, you know, at the end of the naked now she says to data it never happened i think they at some point have some conversation and tend forward where yeah it did happen and you know what i'm totally cool with it i i enjoyed the experience (laughs) um but i don't want to have an intimate relationship with you it was you know it was a thing of being under the influence and it was what it was but we have to leave it off here it's going to be really awkward, and I'm not sure what else I would add to that, to be honest. It's just going to be a difficult conversation, but I do think it needs to be had if they're both alive. I would love to see Data pursue her, honestly. I would love to see... You think? I would love to see it in kind of like a juvenile aspect, where... Oh, yeah? When you, when you look at juveniles, when you look at like people in middle school or high school, basically teenagers, and they have, you know, like, look at, like, I can only really speak from a teenage boy perspective, because I was a teenage boy... Uh, when you find a girl who shows you attention, even if it was just a one-time thing or just something super casual, 
boys in general, especially teenage boys, always blow it out of proportion. They always <laughs> think that it means something when it didn't. And I'm not even talking about like they had sex. I'm not even talking about going that far. Like, you know, like people can take like a glance or a look or a word or just a random act of kindness as some sort of romantic intent. And that's, oh man, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to open up that can of worms. But um, in many ways, Data is a juvenile. He's an emotional juvenile. And so I would love to see something years down the road where um, Data tries to explore his romantic side a little bit more. And he real and he in his brain he's like well logic logically I mean like I should try to pursue a relationship with somebody that I was intimate with before that would save me a lot of time and you know like I'm already familiar <laughs> with this person so why not pick that back up and so like he does it in a very data way but it's analogous to a high school relationship and she's just having none of it it's not going to work I see that happening in the earlier years okay. where after they've had the experience a little later down maybe toward the end of season one he says. I want to pursue this. I would like a relationship and I want to have a relationship with you, Tasha. And it's it's not going to work. For the record, teenage girls, um, we totally blow things out of proportion to <laughs> like one little glance, one little look, and we overthink everything. And I think that is what causes a lot of the confusion of those early relationships <laughs> because we don't know what it means. None of us. So that's what those years are for is to figure it all out. See, I would love to see a fun data episode, you know, kind of like the one that we got later on when he was pursuing a a romantic relationship with that um, with that other woman in uh, in operations. Oh, Jenna. Or, Jenna, thank you. Um, I would love to see something like that where he tries to quote unquote woo her, and he does all of his research, and you know, like he, uh, he yeah. and like there's there's flowers everywhere, and he does you know romantic gestures, and oh, and he man. doesn't maybe quite he does that right. with Tasha. <laughs> yeah, and she's just. This is really sweet data, but you're doing it all wrong. And exactly. I'm just not that into you. <laughs> Poor data. But it's it's a lesson he needs to learn. That would be pretty cool. Now, one thing that I have to bring up is if Tasha is still alive, yesterday's Enterprise is either a very different episode or not an episode at all. <sighs> And that's a big sacrifice because that is one of the most beloved episodes in the whole series. It really is. And I know like anything we do, anything we do from here on out is going to drastically change yesterday's Enterprise so that it's not the episode we know and love. I think we need to yeah. make peace with that. And I think people who are screaming at their radios and at their phones right now uh, need to make peace with it, too, is that. You know, we're not erasing yesterday's enterprise because it's still on your DVD. It's still on your Netflix. It's there. Um, but remember, whatever this we is do, a what if. This is a what if scenario. Whatever we do kind of removes that from the table. We could still have the Enterprise C come in, but it's not going to be the same yesterday's enterprise that we know and love. Is there a way that we can incorporate Worf into it? Mm, no, because, I mean, Worf isn't dead either. You almost have to do maybe a different timeline because the the big part of the whole story is the fact that Tasha died a senseless death. Without that, it's a different story. We have Beverly come back. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know. That doesn't I'm I'm trying to think right now just of how that would work and I'm having a hard time envisioning how significant that would be um that might you know what in the future that might be a really good thing if we want to continue this trend that what if you know scenario we write mm -hmm. that episode on the fly but we make it its own episode i think i think that's a definite possibility but i think i'm just going to say anything we do is going to be second best 
to yesterday's enterprise because it was such an yeah. amazing episode so i say let's just <laughs> move on and say like it happened or it didn't happen it doesn't matter we just need to separate ourselves from it so i mean it's there a big would be, question mark right now w- w- let's leave I mean, it at the, that the trade-off of having tasha for seven seasons is we don't have yesterday's enterprise and we don't have sila i'm okay with that okay yeah, I mean, Sela, I can kind of take it or leave it. She was all right. It was kind of a nice triumphant return for Denise Crosby because oh, of the great. timeline. Great. But if she's it. already on the show, we don't know what we're missing. Yeah, yeah, she was great, but I don't think for this scenario, we don't need to really worry about it. We're growing and developing, I think, several characters because Tasha's still on board. So this for me is a win-win-win-win. We're making Troy better. We're making Worf better. We're making Tasha Yar better. At the expense, maybe, of Dr. Crusher. Yes. Something had to give. But then again, I mean, some would argue that Dr. Crusher really never was fleshed out to begin with. Right. That's something that you could argue. So maybe that's not such a great loss there then. I don't know. I mean, I like the character, like just like a a lot of people, uh, but the writers just really didn't give her enough service. But that's neither here nor there. Right. Yes. So... All in all, are there any final things that you would want to add? Because I feel like we've kind of had a nice little overarching thing starting from the early years, leading down to the romance happening in the later years. Is there anything else that you want to add to Tasha's arc? You know, it's hard because we kind of, like with a great ensemble show like The Next Generation is, is that many people are defined by their relationships with other cast members. And I feel like that's kind of how we tackled it with yeah, we Tasha did. that like we defined her by Worf and Riker and Picard and Deanna and Data and I feel like the only people we didn't talk about was Jordy, Wesley and Guinan and I, I think that's fine I mean they can just have their casual relationships not everything has to be epic or amazing yeah. you know sometimes you're just like oh yeah no I know a Guinan she's great and then you move on like that's that's what it they is. just work together they don't really yeah. necessarily have to all have these deep interconnected friendships. I think there's enough here as it is. The I think the only thing that's missing is because we have a few romantic things. We have a few friendship things. We have some career-based stuff with um, with Worf and also with Best of Both Worlds and everything like that. Uh, there, I feel like there needs to be one more thing. And I want to leave that up okay, to the Okay, Steve listeners. Jobs, what have you got? No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying is that like, I think there needs to be one more thing and I want to leave that up to the listeners. What is missing from our Tashi R what if scenario? What would change? What would be different? What wouldn't happen? Or what do you think should happen? Whether it's relationship based, career based or whatever it is, we want to hear from you guys. Go to thenerdparty.com slash contact, select punch it from the drop down menu, fill out the form. It'll send us an email. You can also find us on Twitter at join nerd party. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the nerd party. And uh, yeah, we want to hear from you guys. Please, please, please let us know. Yeah, and also share your ideas while I have your attention. This is a reminder. Go to gofundme.com slash the nerd party. Help us out if you can. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, let us know on social media uh, or retweet us on social media, share it on Facebook Use the hashtag TNP fight again, gofundme.com slash the nerd party. Anything that you can give would help us out. Tremendously. All right, guys. Well, this was fun. I'm really, really, really glad that we ended up doing this episode. I think there's even more room to grow down the line. Should we want to revisit it? I think we punched up Tasha Yar pretty. Uh, I think we did a decent job. Go us. Yeah. I think so, too. And so whatever we talk about next week, we are definitely going to punch it up just as much. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.